I'm Asher Leamond, and welcome to the Spoondrift Podcast. The word spoondrift describes the spray of water that a strong gust of wind can sweep from the top of a wave. Here on the Spoondrift, I talk about the spoondrift from the ocean of ideas. There are really no bounds to what might be talked about. The goal is to just unearth new perspectives and inspire curiosity. On this week's episode, I talk about the craft of podcasting. And that goes all the way back from how I got into it and all the way to how I'm doing it now. So get ready for some storytelling. I want to address a question that I think is important for both myself to know the answer to and that other people might be interested in too. Why podcasting? How did I get into podcasting? Why did I start my own podcast? What, what's the history behind that? Well, well, let me tell you how it all went down. Um, I, I can't say there's really ever been a, a singular point that started the, the whole journey, but I will say that I've always been a bit fascinated, I guess, with voice actors and p- people who had a voice that I could instantly recognize. Now, I know that um, in movies, there are a couple names that come to mind immediately, one of which being Morgan Freeman. He has an um, uh, an amazing voice that is uniquely his own. I mean, you hear Morgan Freeman, you know it's Morgan Freeman. Um, some other notable voice actors that I know pop out in my mind include Jack Black. He's got a very unique voice. Robert Downing Jr. He's, I mean, he's not a voice actor per se, but he has a very iconic voice. Chris Pratt, he's another one. He is so comical in, his, in the way he talks. And if I just hear him speak, it brings a smile to my face. <laughs> and then just animated movies, seeing like Disney movies, one of my favorite of which is probably Moana. But knowing that these people are able to portray an entire character without any, with, with just their voice. I mean, obviously it's aided by animation when I'm seeing it, but just that, that idea that someone could be so expressive with their voice and the fact that I do know, or at least I can recognize these people by their voice, it had kind of inspired a sort of motivation in myself to, to pursue such activity, to maybe be in a position where I am voicing something at some point. And then as, as I was getting ready to go to university, I made sure that something that I looked for in universities would, was a radio. I wanted to, I wanted to explore a bit of this, this voice acting in one of the only mediums that I found accessible because movies and stuff that's a bit um, beyond my scope at that, it was at that point in still is, but radio, I thought, could be something that I might be able to do. And I I have an uncle who was a radio DJ at one point, and that that kind of also built up this, this, planted this seed where I was like, okay, I want to see if I can find a radio station that maybe I could become a part of. So as I'm looking at universities, I found one, um, well, several, but one of which I did have a radio. And I went to their website. That was Spinnaker Radio, unfspinnaker.com. And I'm looking through. I'm like, is it is it possible for 
every for normal students to become a part of this radio and sure enough it was <laughs> so that was kind of exciting and then when I did go to university the very first week that I was there I made a point to stop by the radio station that was something that I made sure I was looking forward to all week and I was <laughs> was really excited to check it out and then when I did man that was an experience I, I remember walking in it took me a while to find the place but once I did because, you know, the first week at a university, it's rather large and confusing maze of buildings. But when I eventually found them, I walked in and I asked the, the person who was by the door where I would need to go to go to the radio station. They pointed me down a hallway. And, man, when I walked through that door, boy, was it amazing. <laughs> walked in and the entire walls was plastered with posters of bands and concerts and one when you first walk into the radio station, the wall on the left is just covered with records, just vinyl records, floor to ceiling. Oh, it was phenomenal. I mean, this is this radio is just kind of like this culmination of both my love of music and interest in radio, voice acting. It was just this oh man. It was fantastic seeing it all there. And to top it all off, whenever I'm walking in, the people who I was talking to, asking questions to, they were so nice. I remember them. It was, it was Hank. He was the program director. Madison, the general manager. And Kim, the music director. And all of them, my, my first interaction was, I think it was with Hank and Madison. And I just... They were so nice and so welcoming that I knew at that point that I just I had to make a point to become a part of this organization. I wanted to get to know these people and to make this space a place that I find comfortable and a space that I know I can go to. And then I was talking to them about potentially having a radio show, and they're just like, yes. That we would love to have you have a radio show. And so when I left after that first day, I was like, holy cow, what have I gotten myself into? I was, because like back when I was looking at colleges, I was hopeful that I would be able to be a part of a radio, but not really sure how that would balance with my course load. But I was like, okay, I've done it now. I'm going to do this. I'm going to set aside the time and dedicate the time to this. And boy, it was exciting. <laughs> so, I had, once I got a handle on my class schedule, I set up a time that I could regularly DJ at the, at the radio station, Spinnaker Radio. Oh man, so cool! And then I had I, I was like brainstorming ideas for what I could do on my show because I mean that's it's a lot of pressure. I remember that first, or I guess it was probably later once I came back a second time when they had me do my first like live break just to see what it was like. And by that, what I mean is what you would do is you'd go into the recording booth and you would flip the live switch and talk into the mic. So you were actually talking on the radio to everybody listening, which is just so mind-boggling that you have that sort of, I don't know, it's this overwhelming sense of, um, I don't know, oh man, I don't know how to describe it. It's just knowing that your voice is being projected to other people on that level, like live across speakers. It was just so weird to me, but 
amazing all at the same time. And I remember they were just like, yeah, 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 you can do a live break. It's no big deal. And I'm like, uh, no, I don't think so. But they, they insisted and just like, yes, you can do it. Come on, we'll be right here. So what they did after the song ended, they had me flip the switch and say, hey, you're listening to 95.5 Spinnaker Radio. And then flip the switch off and let the music continue running. And wow. <laughs> so then I'm turned loose. I'm like, okay, I'm going to have an entire hour to do this on a weekly basis. What on earth am I going to talk about? So my plan for the first week, <laughs> my first show, oh man, okay, this is, it's going to be so cringeworthy. Although it's, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of good, but yeah, I'll get to it. Okay. So I brainstorm ideas for my show. And when I get in there, I, I pull Madison over the general manager and ask her like, okay, what do you think about this idea? <laughs> Here was my, my, my first show idea. So do you know how the word food and the word flood, they both have two O's in them and they both begin with an F and end with a D. But whenever you say food, it's with an OO sound, but flood is with an UD sound. So <laughs> whenever my family and I, would like gone on trips or something, there's a a gas station, usually up in Georgia or so, called Flash Flood. But one day when I was looking at this gas station, I accidentally thought it said Flash Flood. <laughs> so my show idea was to talk about weird um, quirks of language like that. And that's 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 what I did. <laughs> oh, it was great. She, uh, she was... Madison, when she heard my idea, she thought it was totally cool. She gave me all the encouragement I needed, and I went in there, and I did my show, and I talked about that, and it was awesome. All right, so now I actually have my notes from that first episode. And as I mentioned, the flesh flued, yeah, that was discussed. Also another thing, another weird word that goes along with that same strange pattern is blood. Why don't we say blued? <laughs> like, oh no, look at me, I cut myself, I am blooding. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, these are <laughs> really weird things that have honestly confused me, confounded me even. But yeah, it's kind of a goofy thing. I also talked about, um, wow, yeah, I still do this. Um, we often, whenever someone says something to you that you agree with, or like when you're planning something, hey, you you want to eat lunch at 12 o'clock, and someone's like, hey, I'm free at 12 o'clock. That sounds good. Well, how come we use sounds good in other forms as well? Whenever we're talking over text or in books, if we read something, why wouldn't we say that reads good or um, other type thing. So that, that's actually something I do. If I read something in, in text that I agree with, I will respond, reads good. Um, kind of a funny quirk. <laughs> and I, I, have a, I have a note here. Next time I like a song, I'm going to say listens good. <laughs> because you, you listen to a song and that's how that works. So that, that's my notes for the very first radio show that I ever did. And I'm looking at the top and the margins. Something that you don't realize if you've never been on radio is what you have to do is you have to announce 
the the names of the artist that's singing a song and the title of the song. But something that can any radio DJ probably knows is you often come across bands that you have no clue how to pronounce. Um, so how do you handle that? <laughs> and quite frankly, you just do the best you can, unless you have um, a, a way to actually find out how it's pronounced. It's kind of what you do. You just have to wing it. Another another weird thing that I notice is totally difficult and happens the way the way that spinnaker works is you have like there's a, mu- a song that's coming up that you're going to announce. It's in the queue, but sometimes the way the, the the radio software works is the placement of the song that's playing and the song that's already played or the song that's coming up can you you might not look at the right one and say so you could accidentally announce the wrong song and so i was terrified of doing that and i have done that many times it's something that you learn to just do wrong accept it and don't get too torn up about it it's something that will happen. It does happen. And just be okay with that. That was something that is a challenge of live radio. Because once you say something, it's been said. There's no going back and undoing that. And that's one of the troubles of being live. But also, it's something that kind of makes it fun. Because it is all right then and there, live. Whatever mistake you make is done and there's, you don't have to worry about fixing it. You just do the best you can to get it right when you do. And then as as I went through, I continued week to week with my radio show. The way it first started was I would find news stories, usually science or engineering, technology, math, STEM-related topics, and I would find an article on the Internet, print it out, and then what I would do is I would write a summary while I was live on air or like between when i was live like during a song i would write a summary and then talk about the the episode while i was on on air but i quickly learned that handwriting them during that time not a good idea you don't really have time it's difficult sometimes to read handwriting unless it's really big and you're on air because i mean the nerves that are associated with on air you get used to them but they never quite go away (laughs) So what I ended up starting doing was typing them out beforehand, typing out my summaries, and then I would talk about them on air. And then as I got more experienced with the radio, I would I got some feedback from the people at the radio and started making my show a bit better, a bit more structured, adding a bit more regularity to the content that I was presenting. Um, before long, I started to do a weekly a scientist of the week segment where I would find a a scientist or mathematician or engineer or someone who made some sort of significant contribution to human knowledge and talk about them on that day. That was pretty fun. So I I have a whole binder full of all my notes. I've kept them all. It's kind of kind of neat. I'm just flipping through it here. Really, I'm glad I did that. I've got all these these stories in my summaries. And also Just like on this podcast, every week I did a music update where I would talk about the songs that I was listening to, songs that I was looking forward to coming out. That was really fun. I would also have stories mixed in there about things that are going on in my life or fun experiences that I'd had or maybe not so fun experiences, but just 
things that were on my mind, you know, and that that's grad. That's how my show worked. I, I would talk about STEM related news stories and I've been doing that. Well, ever since March of this year. Now in March, my live radio show, that became something that was a bit more complicated. So now I'm a, I'm a seasoned radio DJ. I say seasoned because I'd, I'd been there for the first two years of my university career. And then in the final semester of my second year, things got a little crazy because all of the university was going online. So now I'm faced with a decision. I, I really love doing the radio. I am no longer physically able to be at the radio. What shall I do? Now, with Spinnaker Radio, pre-recorded shows had always been an option. I had been one to... I liked doing the, the live shows. It required minimal time commitment because I would go in for an hour. I had research, obviously, beforehand, but once the live hour was done, I was I was done with that week. I could not have to worry about that, like, more time dedicated to the radio until the next week. Um, and, and I say worried, but I, I do mean time allotted for because I, I want to do that. The radio has always been something that I've enjoyed and something that I continue to enjoy. But at the same time, I still have a lot of other time commitments. So keeping the, the, the time that I had for radio as it was, it seemed okay. It wasn't too big of a deal. And I was all right with that. Doing pre-recorded shows, that would uh, require a bit more editing, recording, publishing, that sort of thing that I really wasn't up to at that point. But now, without the radio, I had to decide, am I wanting to continue doing my radio show? And the answer to that question was a resounding yes. I most certainly wanted to continue the radio show, even if I couldn't technically do it. So how do I do it? Well, I transitioned to pre-recorded. So back in March, I had to figure out how to start doing a podcast all on my own at home with the technology that I had. That's what I did. I didn't really have a whole lot of recording equipment. I have some earbuds. All right. I have a computer, but no specialized audio software, no specialized microphone, no specialized pop filter, none of the... None of the technology that the radio had so readily available to me, I didn't have any of that. <laughs> but I was determined. So what I've done is I've used software that was already free on my computer and a pair of earbuds. That's what I'm using right now, actually. And earbuds to record the podcast. Now, over the past few months, I have changed the, the software that I've used to record the podcast a couple different times as I kind of found the drawbacks of one that I was using. I'd try out another one, see if it was working. And But the, the material pretty much stayed the same. I've still continued to keep up on STEM-related topics, also mixing in life stories and anecdotes or discussion of books that I'm reading or things that are happening. And as always, I've done the music update every week, which has been good. And then, I'll, yeah, at that point... Now I'm a podcaster. I'm no longer a ra live radio DJ. I'm a podcaster. Now my experience with podcasts has been most favorable. I, I don't really know when 
I started listening to my first podcast. Well, <laughs> funny story. So when when it comes to podcasts, initially, my, my sister is much more into everyday relevant topics than I am. But she knew what podcasts were. I did not. I knew they existed. I was familiar with the term, but I, mean, I hadn't, I didn't really know what they were. And I'd always seen an app on my mobile device regarding podcasts where I was like, hey, I could get podcasts. And then I would joke around with my sister, hey, maybe I should start watching podcasts. Tells you how much I know about podcasts. You don't actually watch podcasts, but I didn't know that. Eventually, I did come to realize that podcasts were basically radio shows that were free on the internet. And I, I figured that out. And at one point, I was like, okay, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to peruse the podcasts and try to find one that I want to listen to. And one I stumbled across was called Stuff You Should Know. Um, it's a iHeartRadio podcast. I came across that, and I'm like, okay, it sounds kind of interesting. So I scrolled through their list of episodes, picked out a couple that I wanted. And what I would do is the next time I had to vacuum the house, I would turn a podcast on and listen to the podcast. All of a sudden, vacuuming became an extremely enjoyable task, or as Nathan Pyle would like to say, roll-sucking the foot fabric. <laughs> Nathan Pyle is probably my favorite like cartoonist. He has this awesome comic strip called Strange Planet, where these are just creatures. They're, <laughs> yeah, they're, I guess, supposed to be aliens. But they they talk in the most uh, neutral and objective way, and they, they don't use <laughs> the common terms that we're used to. So there's this one about roll-sucking the foot fabric. The roll-sucker is the vacuum cleaner because it's got a, you know, a brush roll on it that sweeps up dust. And then the foot fabric is, as you may have imagined, carpet. Anyway, there I am vacuuming and listening to my stuff you should know in this podcast. is just awesome. Still is one of my favorite podcasts. Stuff You Should Know podcast was hosted by two guys, Josh and Chuck. What they would do is they would they would pick a topic and in an episode of a podcast, they would just talk about that that topic. They're, they have one episode, for instance, about the Rubik's Cube. If you've ever wondered about how the Rubik's Cube was developed, the history behind it, the mechanics behind it, how it works, how speed cubing works, how lubrication of a Rubik's Cube works, that way a person can fly through a solution in under 10 seconds. If you've ever wondered about that, they've got an episode where they talk about all those things, everything to do with the Rubik's Cube. They've got another one about chopsticks, another one about toilet paper. I mean, they've got a, a, an episode about everyday things that you don't think about so much, and they've got a whole episode talking about it, explaining all the details, and I just found that so fascinating. So I've listened to not all of them. They are ex an extremely prolific podcast, but I've kept up with some of them. <laughs> but I, I I came to really take a liking to that podcast, and another one I really like is No Stupid Questions. That one's a pretty new one, where Stephen Dubner and Angela Duckworth they talk about the they just ask each other questions. And they're, they're, the whole idea behind the, the podcast is no matter how silly the question may seem, they must take it seriously and give it a, a legitimate and well-thought-out answer. And the podcast is really interesting to me. I, I like podcasts where 
I can learn a lot about something that I may not be so familiar with. But another element of podcasts that I appreciate is the conversation. Listening to um, Stephen and Angela talk about uh, talk to each other on no stupid questions, or Chuck and Josh on stuff you should know. Just listening to them go back and forth to banter. It, it's calming, and it's just, it's fun. And I I want to be able to recreate that sort of sensation that I feel whenever I listen to podcasts in my viewers, or <laughs> I say viewers again, I mean my listeners. I, I promise you, I do understand how podcasts work. Despite everything that I'm saying, I do <laughs> have a pretty good understanding of how they work. Yeah, podcasts have have been something that I've grown more and more fond of. And the fact that I am now a host of my own podcast. If I if I step if I take a step back and actually think about it, it it, it really is kind of surreal. I it's really neat. There's also this continuous process of improvement. Even like even as I transitioned from being a radio DJ to a podcast, something that was cut out was the music because my podcast is just me talking. Whereas on the radio show, it was an, it was an hour block for my show, but a good portion of it was taken up by music. Now in the podcast, it's just me talking. In the transition, even though I had such experience on radio, going to podcasting was not easy to do. It was a difficult switch. All of a sudden, I have a lot more time that I'm expecting myself to fill by talking. I, I can't just rely on, okay, I don't know what to say, so I'll just flip on the music. I have to be able to fill as, as an allotted amount of time with me talking, and that was kind of nerve-wracking. And I've, I've gone back and listened to some of my, my, my first podcasts, and all oh, they were terrible. I mean, the audio quality, first off, was horrendous because I, I didn't realize, I hadn't figured out a trick yet with using my earbuds as a microphone to make my voice a bit clearer. And so it sounds like I'm talking underwater. I mean, it was really bad. And the subject matter, not so great. Um, it just, it's, I wouldn't even listen to it again. <laughs> but the improvement from back in March to even now is, is noticeable, quite noticeable. And as I continued with editing, that's another thing that I never had to do before, dealing with how to edit audio. That was had a bit of a learning curve, and I'm still learning. Oh, yes, I am still learning a lot about podcasting, how to make editing more efficient, how to, de how to deal with recording, how to deal with mess-ups, because all of a sudden now I'm granted this, this amazing power to mess up and not have anyone else hear it, because if I mess up, I can edit it out, which is kind of awesome, but at the same time, a little bit um, scary, because now I have to... Once I'm done recording, that's maybe half the battle. Because you, you have the content, but editing it is is quite of a it's it's another beast in and of itself. So you gotta go through, you gotta re-listen to the audio. You gotta find the pauses, maybe get rid of some pauses or get rid of big flubs where yeah, maybe you shouldn't have been saying that or that doesn't fit, or I lost my train of thought. 
And once you split up the audio, then you gotta push it all back together to make sure it's all one continuous stream of audio. Then you can choose to put in sound effects or background music. And those are all decisions that now were open to me, that I had to decide what I wanted to do. And it was empowering, a little bit worrying, but fun. It, it has been fun. And I've done a podcast episode pretty much every week for the last six months or so been a lot of fun and my continued work along or my and my continued involvement with spinnaker radio has been a wonderful experience and i'm not just saying that as a member of an organization i'm legitimately i am honestly saying that i have enjoyed every minute of my time at spinnaker all the people there have been so nice so encouraging that even even back when I very first started, when I was admittedly not the best, but even then they were encouraging. They definitely, definitely gave me the confidence to keep going. And I'm so glad they did. And they've been nothing but understanding and supportive of me. And that's been, it, it's it's made all the difference. What about the future? Where do I hope to go with this? Well, this summer, I made the decision to transition at, from a podcast exclusively a part of Spinnaker Radio to also post my content on other platforms like Anchor and Spotify and Breaker, just to name a few, Apple Podcasts, Google, you name it. Just the, the decision to do that was a pretty big one for me. Also, it extended to social media to really start to build my my branding. And that was totally new to me. I had no experience in that. I've had a ton of help with setting all that up and arranging it. But th the future there is to be able to continue doing this, continue making podcasts, and telling stories that other people enjoy, or that they at least value. And storytelling is something is, I, I don't want to say occupation, but it is, I mean, it can be. But storytelling is, is a role that will always persist and will always be there. No matter how far technology advances, storytelling is going to be something that persists. And as a podcaster, I get to be a part of the the group that makes storytelling accessible. I take this role very seriously. I really value the information that I put into my podcast. I want to make sure that my listeners leave the show either feeling good, having learned something new that they didn't know before. And that 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 motivation there, um, that, that care that I, I want to apply to my show is, is what keeps, keeps me motivated to keep making podcasts. It, it's something that I think is, is, is a really important task to take on. And I'm 
so very proud that I am able to do that, to keep telling stories, to help other people understand topics that maybe they aren't so familiar with, maybe are uncomfortable learning about. If I can be the person that makes those topics comfortable, that makes them accessible, that is a major success in my book. Now it is time for the music update. This week, I'm looking forward to the release of two albums. The first one is from The Ocean, and it's called... Okay, I'm going to give this a shot. Apparently, when going from radio to podcasting, having to pronounce weird and difficult to pronounce names does not go away. This album is called The the Phenerozoic 2, Mesozoic 1, Cenozoic. There, uh, yeah, it's the best I could do. The second album is from The Neighborhood, and it's called Chip Chrome and the Monotones. That one was not that difficult to say. Both of those albums should be coming out on September 25th. My music picks this week are How Do I by Niv, that's N-I-V-E, and it is Korean indie. We Are Family by Kim Ho-jung, that's Korean ballad. Numbers by Jamie and featuring Cheng Mo, that's Korean R&B. Losing You by Won Ho, Korean Pop. Lost by Melodic Syndicate featuring Harsh and Nikki, that's American Dance. And finally, Surf by Wave to Earth. And that song is American Alternative. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Spoon Drift. If you want to listen to the music that I talked about, you can check out my Spotify profile, The Spoon Drift Podcast, and listen to The Spoon Drift Episode 15 playlist. I also have a playlist that I update regularly with all the new music that's come out or that I've found that's also available there. For more episodes of The Spoon Drift, you can visit Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spinnaker Radio's home on the web, radio.unfspinnaker.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to keep up to date on everything to do with the Spoondrift, you can follow me on Twitter, at SpoondriftPod. That's at SpoondriftPod, P-O-D. Or on Instagram, at SpoondriftPodcast. Thank you for doing me the honor of letting me tell you a story. You may not know me, I may not know you, but despite that, the interaction that we're, we're having, it is still a valuable one. And I hope that I can talk to you next week. A good portion of it was taken up by music. Now, in the podcast, it's just me talking. Where is I going with that? I really, I don't know. But I'm just going to continue talking as if I knew the path that I was hoping to take.